while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus Farrow. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. So, you know, we had Register, Bristol County Register of Probate Tom Hoy talk to us about some of the, you know, um, digital infrastructure that's being built out in the courthouses for people that want to make filings for a probate court and family court, things like that. We also uh, talked about Mitchell's, um, one, uh, you know, expressed intention to reduce the Morad pay raise amendments even further, uh, more than they have been reduced from went from 50% or $50,000 salary increases to about 20 to $25,000 salary increases. And we also, um, discussed, uh, you know, mayor Mitchell's comments on whether or not he's seeking reelection, but, uh, there is another local issue. It's, it's more in the Dartmouth area that I wanted to revisit. There is a piece and actually it was an opinion piece in Commonwealth magazine, that was uh, written. <clears throat> that was written in, and published in Commonwealth Magazine by uh, Christopher Michaud, who is the director of public health in Dartmouth, and Eric Turkington, who is a former state rep and chair of the Far, uh, the Falmouth Water Quality Management Committee. So, if you'll remember, we had Christopher Michaud here uh, on South Coast tonight. He took some calls and he took some app chat messages. We also had um, we we also he also appeared on the Tim Weisberg show later that week. Oh, is it like the very next day he did to take calls and app chat messages as well about this Title five septic proposal for uh, a lot of communities in the South Coast. So one of them, uh, Dartmouth and Westport are involved in that, but it's mostly Dartmouth, Westport and then pretty much the entirety of Cape Cod. That would be proposed. That would be subjected to these new changes by the Department of Environmental Protection. Uh, that would essentially, due to nitrogen outputs in certain, uh, I guess, uh, towns with uh, water sh- near uh, certain watersheds, um, have to make costly make uh, costly renovations to people's own septic system to implement. Um, to implement uh, a new and what uh, Mr. Misho had said was right now like undiscovered in terms of patent wise there isn't there isn't really a technology patented but would have to make new changes to their septic system based on these new regulations to lower the nitrogen output in people's septic. Now, this is something that, you know, obviously Senator Montigny and Chris Markey have waited on too. We had Chris Markey on uh, probably a week or so after, uh, after, after Chris Michaud had came on to talk about this, the septic issue. And, you know, what it came down to is, you know, there's, they want to either basically, I think what what they're they're arguing in this is because these septic system costs could be I mean as the you know a cost to 
to put in a new septic system can be $15,000 on average. And I think climbs as high as $50,000. And there's, as of right now, no federal, state, or local subsidies that are being offered to help homeowners, except for, of course, loans, right? You can take out a loan and pay us back later. I think there was some proposals in some of these public meetings, and there was one in Lakeville, and there there was a public meeting in Lakeville, and there was a public meeting, I believe, in Barnstable on this. Uh, What they were proposing was basically sometimes, well, why don't you just refinance your home, basically, take out some of the <laughs> take out some of the equity in your home to of course with interest to reimplement to implement these new septic systems but uh there was a lot of public I know there was a public comment period I believe that might have closed hopefully people did submit their public comments I know there was a lot of people that were really upset about Uh, This proposal here, it it doesn't affect New Bedford and Fairhaven as of now, Uh, you know, from my conversations with, um, you know, the Fairhaven uh, BPW superintendent, uh, Vinny Furtado, it will not based on the agreements that we have with the Department of Elementary uh, Elementary Department of uh, Environmental Protection. But if you live in Dartmouth, you live in Westport and maybe I think. There might be some parts of New Bedford that may be subjected to it from from the last I read at, at some point be uh, be subjected to these these title five regulations. What they're saying right now is basically it's not really workable. Um, and what they're what they're arguing in this in this op ed is that what the state is doing is essentially pro, um, proposing uh, a Hobson's choice. Right. They're proposing a Hobson's choice, which means a Hobson's choice, which means you have two options and one of those options is untenable. So they really want you to pick the other option. Right. So what they're proposing is a Hobson's choice. There is no local municipal government that's ever going to agree to make their residents implement a um, implements, you know, their own personal septic upgrades, right? There's no local government that's going to really want to do that at all. So what they want to do is make a, you know, basically a very costly, implement a very costly measure at the municipal level that they say requires hundreds of millions of dollars um, in infrastructure investment to try to reduce the nitrogen levels um, in the uh, in the water supply. And they're basically arguing that right now, like they, you know, the notion that they're not working to do that is, you know, not true. The the Cape, um, you know, in the last four years, towns in the Cape alone have submitted over 105, uh, 185 million in nitrogen reduction projects in the state's revolving fund with many more in the pipeline. They said, um, you know, basically it's a. Uh, proposing a regulation that and uh so what they're saying is they're they're cognizant of the issue and they're working towards it and this regulation was made you know by a board in which they at first did not reveal the names of and didn't have any members representing the communities that this regulation would necessarily impact so they're still working to fight this they're putting this in commonwealth magazine i remember when i talked with rep markey on Sometime in December about this, he had said if the DEP had somehow implemented this, then they would, the legislature, you know, he and the other members of the legislature that's impacted by it would 
try to propose legislation to basically nullify that regulation. The way it kind of works in, you know, just a brief little civics lesson in areas in which, you know, in areas of the law in which there are is ambiguity or discretion given to the executive branch, then the executive branch can make regulations to, you know, oversee and um, operate the, the typical functions of government, right? But when there is a regulation, like an executive order or something like that, the uh, from the government or from a regulatory agency like the, Defi- the Department of Environmental Protection, the legislature can move to basically nullify that with law by by passing a law, right? So, you know, sometimes they you know some sometimes they do that at the federal level, not often because you know the Congress doesn't really work that that well but they could do that at the state level if they implemented these costly septic upgrades which again you think you should pay attention to i think it's probably still worth reaching reaching out to your state representatives uh or the uh or the dep just basically to make your comment and let you know to let people know how concerned you are um about this uh the legislature could potentially work to try to change this um to try to change this this uh this regulation with some new legislation or at the very least i think the legislature could if this is going to necessarily be implemented could at least try to because you know the thing is it's it's kind of part of this whole stupid gas argument that republicans are having um but if there has to be a change to something to make it environmentally friendly or tenable for clean, you know, a clean water supply or less carbon emissions, then I'm just furiously beeping the horn outside. Jeez. It might just be some kids playing around. Crazy things happen in the in the parking lot, but um, but it, you know it's kind of like this Gastos argument that Republicans are starting to have because everything they do is a culture war at this point. But if they're like, let's say you have to have more electric stoves, right? Let's say you have to have electric stoves because the the emissions from gas are harmful to the environment, or you know it it has a it has a a, a bad effect on energy costs, or it it's one of the biggest trucks I've ever seen or it you know or it's maybe harmful to the people that are operating them in their homes then there should be public assistance available to help residents to help residents make that change if there isn't then it becomes obviously financially untenable for people it's never going to happen or it could happen you're going to have a lot more people that are a lot more economically distressed than they already are but if the government does propose something like this then they at the very least you know if they propose these septic upgrades let's say everybody needs to you know put a septic upgrade there should be necessarily subsidies in place right now there isn't but there should be subsidies in place to help homeowners or, you know, larger block grants to help 
municipalities implement this type of stuff. Like, for example, with the gas stove stuff, I keep bring, bringing it up because it, 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 it's completely stupid, but it also just kind of speaks to the, the conversation that we had early earlier. In ARPA, the American Rescue Plan Act, there is money available. There are actually subsidies available for people to implement an electric stove if you like right there is money to implement a lot of more you know some more climate friendly environmentally friendly or greener measures in your home and i think if that's the case then i think that's fine like you remember when pete Buttigieg was talking about the secretary of transportation was talking about well we need more electric cars everybody needs to be driving electric cars and for some people electric cars at this juncture aren't financially tenable right and so what they should you know what they should do is work with the automobile companies work with the you know work with congress to try to find ways to make these cost effective right to try to provide you know if there is a gap in between what can what people can afford and what they need to get to make things more environmentally friendly or even longer term cost effective than they need to provide that assistance. And if they do, I think it's, I, I think it's, it becomes a lot less offensive than it probably would be. And I know in, you know, just taking a more cursory look at Healy's energy plan, a lot of that does mention, you know, she wants to electrify the, uh, electrify the grid, uh, electrify the, the transportation system in 20 years, 20 or so years, right? That's what they want to work towards 20 or so years, but they're not going to be able to do that. They do mention legislation like ARPA that's in place to do that. And they do need, you know, legislation like that to move it forward. Otherwise people aren't going to be able to afford it and they can't really be expected to. So when we're talking about, you know, sort of this, the regulatory measures, it's incumbent upon the legislature to either, if these are implemented now, if this isn't a workable policy, this, this nitrogen upgrade policy, if it's just not workable entirely, then yeah, it should be scrapped and maybe the legislature can work to scrap it. But if, you know, let's say the, the, the elected representatives see some pushback on scrapping it, they say, no, this is actually really necessary. We need these nitrogen, nitrogen upgrades and all of that. Then what they need to do is, okay, well, we need assistance, right? We need assistance for Dartmouth. We need assistance for the towns on the Cape to try to make this better. And if we don't get that, then we can't do it. We're not going to be able to do it. You're going to, you know, you're going to price people out of their homes, right? And it will affect the price of your homes too as well. If you're going to sell your home and you need to put in a $15,000 or maybe even as high as 50, depending on, on the type of system that you need, maybe as high as $50,000 upgrade, that's going to affect the sale price of your home. It's going to devalue your home on the market. But if they get that assistance they need, then I think it's a more tenable solution uh, than it otherwise would be. But 508-996-0500, so you can join me this evening. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Marcus, 508-996-0500. been kind of having a conversation throughout the show, really, about um, just about energy policy and sort of, you know, working towards things that may be less environmentally, uh, you know, in the working, you know, the government working toward, working towards policies that are, you know, in the interest of public health that, you know, basically anytime they try to do that, there is a, you know, just a massive culture war for, um, 
for uh, for the Republicans because I think they've moved past the point of policies and just you know like this gas stove thing I, I you know I, I was reluctant to talk about it but I, I guess it's worth a just a revisit you know worth a visit towards the end of the program because it is just so incredibly dumb but there's been a lot of talk about how biden wants to ban gas stoves this was after the consumer Pub, uh, product safety commission posted that any options on the table when it comes to regulating gas stoves and the growing health concerns over gas stoves in, in general um and so you know Republicans like freaked out. They said they were going to, you know, the government's going to come in and rip the stove out of your house and whatever. I think DeSantis posted something on Twitter. says, don't tread on me. Right. And there was a picture of a gas stove. Uh, um, what's his name? Jordan, what's his name from Ohio? The rep. I don't know why his name escapes me at the moment. It happens from time to time. Jordan, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? Oh, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, the rep from Ohio, was like, God, guns and gas stoves, right? Uh, there's another one, Ronnie Jack Jackson, a Texas GOP rep. I will never, in all caps, give up my gas stove. If the maniacs in the White House want to come for my stove, they can pry it from my cold, dead hands. Come and take it. <laughs> um then biden you know biden's press secretary said there's no or biden said there's no there's no there's nothing in the works to ban gas stoves but you know They're just the regulations that they're talking about apply to new products, right? It doesn't apply to the ones you currently have, but they'd probably, if there was like new stoves that are available, might be better regulated for matters of public. I mean, even Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat, sort of, um, says the federal, who's a, who's a Democrat and a the energy mogul. It's worth noting the the federal government has no business telling American families how to cook their dinner. I can tell you the last thing that I would ever do is leave my house with a gas stove to cook on. I got to tell you, if Joe Manchin's up for election in 2024, if he loses, I as someone who is a Democrat who votes Democrat reliably most of the time, I, I really wouldn't care. It, it's worth giving up the Senate majority to not have to deal with him anymore. But, um, you know, KJP, the, the, the press secretary said the president doesn't put, uh, doesn't support banning any gas stoves and the um, the Consumer Protection Product Safety Commission, which is an independent commission, is not banning gas stoves. They said they want they're just studying their emissions. And they want to uh, address the potential health risks and is seeking public input on the issue in the spring. I know ARPA does have some, you know, uh, I know ARPA does have some money available for people who do want to get electric stoves but they said that uh you know california basically the 
there's research in California. This is a lot of this coming from the Associated Press, but there's research in California that's found gas, gas stoves are leaking the cancer-causing benzene, while another study determined that gas stoves are contributing to global warming by putting up 2.6 million tons of methane in the air each year, even when turned off. There's good evidence that gas stoves emit harmful levels of oxide oxides and nitrogen, which is known to cause asthma. Um, so and this, that's coming from the Harvard School of Public Health. So, you know, they're just looking for ways to regulate the product for further manufacturing. And if there ever was a situation where they found that this appliance or really any appliance wouldn't be tenable going forward then that would apply probably to the new ones. It's kind of like the fuel efficiency standards, right? When the government comes out with fuel efficiency standards for cars, they're not making you, if you have an older car, they're not making you change your car. They're not making you do that, but they're saying the new cars have to have these fuel efficiency standards for certain reasons, right? And so that's typically, that's just the conversation. They'd heard about it throughout the week. I tried to ignore it, but then it just became too ubiquitous, and so I just wanted to talk about it. But 508-996-0500, let's go to the phones. Good evening. Yes, good evening, Marcus. How, How you doing? doing? Good. Well, okay. Uh, can we get away from gas stoves? And- 100% would love to. <laughs> I think what they'll do is they'll make a new gas stove that uh, emits less uh, carcinogens or whatever. That's probably what's, what's going to happen. I did get to watch the mayor on Newsbreak. Okay, yeah. on Sunday. Okay, yeah. and I got to give you guys a lot of credit because I think a lot of the uh, information and questions that came up on the mayor, uh, you guys probably had a lot to do with uh, getting uh, Tim uh, Nisi and White there to, uh, you know, uh, to, to give him some background on what to ask the mayor. I, I don't know if the mayor got particularly his right side. Uh, you know, you know, you have a good side when you get photographed. And, <laughs> I don't know if you particularly had that, you know, but yeah. uh, nonetheless, it, it was, um, you know, interesting, and it gave, uh, you know, a better, uh, you know, uh, view of what's going on as far as getting it out to more people, being on Channel 12 and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the big thing I thought that might be important is the mayor indicated that he might want to try to revisit uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, increases in salary again. Now, my question is, can he sign this, you know, document to get the government running, and yet revisit uh, a lower change in the um, in the increase? Or, or if he signs it, is it that's it? It's it's done. Do you know? That's what he's looking to do. Um, so what he he's trying to do, like, you know, I, he can't line item line item veto the bill. Yes. Right. So he has to sign it in its entirety. And he did, you know, he's going to, he said he's going to, I think what he's looking to, for looking to do is file a, a new um, legislation in the, in the council mm-hmm. to revisit those pay increases mm-hmm. saying that 25% is too much. Yeah. Oh, okay. Guys, I yeah. was wondering uh, if he signed it, uh, it was, was it a done deal and that's it. And then, then it, he puts the, I guess the heat on the, uh, city council uh, to go back. I think he's, I think he, you know, if he really feels that strongly about it, I think he's got to, he's got to do it soon because he has the momentum well, on this. I think he has, he has the mandate uh, from the, from the residents on this. So I, I think he's, if he feels strongly about it, he's got to, he's got to file it and he's got to probably do it sooner than later. Yeah, well, it certainly would, would put, I guess, some kind of heat on the, um, on the city council mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
uh, to do that sort of thing, you know. But uh, again, I just want to give you guys, uh, you and uh, and uh, Chris, uh, a lot of credit, and as well as uh, you know uh, Jack Spillane too, who was on yeah. this morning with uh, with Tim, Tim yeah. uh, because you guys have really been the uh, you know the spearhead of uh, getting people to know about this, and now it's up to the the voters to you know either pursue this more. And if and not forget in November, if uh, you know, the I think you're going to see people campaign on it. I, I think people that are running for office probably won't let the voters forget about it. I, have you seen that in the Ward Three people uh, coming out? With yeah, that? a couple of them. Bob Cabral uh, released the put out a press release on it, and uh, Jake Ventura put out a couple, I think, press releases mm -hmm. on on the pay raise vote. So there's at least a couple of candidates that have uh, spoken out about it, and. You know, as that field gets winnowed down from seven to two, that's going to probably be a reoccurring theme throughout that election and probably question that's what they're going to be asked by city residents when they go door to door. And mm -hmm. that's what we're going to probably ask them here. Well, we're definitely going to ask them here when we, um, you know, when we have hopefully have a debate, um, if, if we can, if we can schedule a debate and. Uh, if you know when we have them in for for interviews as well, I, I, I think that's that's an issue that's probably not going to go away. Well, I think the the city council is making the mayor look real good on this, and I they have Chris, been. Chris always excuse, accuses me of not liking the mayor, but uh, he seems to be the one that's trying to, as I say, sharpen his pencil mm -hmm. and uh, you know tighten his belt. And this is the first effort in a while I've seen of somebody to try to do that. You know, and that's the old Fairhaven thing. We have got to sharpen our pencils, tighten our belts, <laughs> and I'd like to see more of it. A city government things like that uh the other thing i'd like to bring up with you is i also watch otr and yep. they had tim cruz on there yes, the only did. i guess republican to win an election in massachusetts here um he's around. the only yeah so he he won he won against rasan hall mm -hmm. uh, uh that was a he won pretty easily too mm -hmm. he's the highest he's the longest tenured county republican left in the states mm -hmm. and since they lost the sheriff's office and the the DA and sheriff's office in Bristol and Barnstable, mm -hmm. uh, it's just him, Sheriff McDonald uh, in Plymouth County, and then Lou Evangelides in uh, in Worcester County. So there's three county Republicans left. There well, used to be five or six. Well, I thought the big point he made, of course, they asked him about you know uh, higher office. And at mm -hmm. this point, I think he said that's you know not not good. they're not thinking about that. But the point he made was that uh, he thought that the Republicans could. Make some hay by supporting, you know, uh, a basic law and order, you know, yeah. and uh, not having, uh, you know, defunding of police and this and that. And I guess basically that was his his message for more of a fight. I, from so I he was on he was on with Howie Carr earlier today too. He was talking actually a lot about he the, the leadership. He he's I guess put thrown his not thrown his hat in the ring, but sort of given his take on on Jim uh, Jim Lyons and all of that, mm -hmm. um, saying he should go. But mm -hmm. what he said was, yeah, I, you know, we had good people here that worked hard. We had a message that resonated with the people of Plymouth County. The, the, you know, I, was, I will say, similar to Plymouth uh, County, I think Tom Quinn versus his primary opponent had a, 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 a similar message to Tim Cruz's, really, that yeah. sort of law and order type of stuff. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, I, that, that's the point he was trying to get across, that yeah. Republicans could make hay, which I know you wouldn't want, but <laughs> make hay by, uh, you know, supporting law and order, supporting police, yeah. you know, uh, and not being going easy on people that are, you know, doing, you know, crime and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And um, maybe he's got a point. Uh, the question I always had had is, uh, what happened to uh, the former U.S. District Attorney there, uh, was it Lenling that... Uh, Andrew Welling. Yeah, Andrew Welling. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, what he, happened to him? To me, he would have been a good, uh, you know, uh, candidate for, let's like, say... Uh, governor? 
well, no, possibly a district attorney, uh, you know. District or, attorney would have been a demotion for him. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so Andrew Lelling, you know, I thought he was, I thought he would at least be considering running because I remember yeah. towards the end of his tenure, he was running ads here on WBSM, not obviously like vote for me, but it mm -hmm. was about some of the programs that his office was offering. And it's very, I mean, frankly, it's very clear if you're doing that, you're doing that for name ID. Mm -hmm. um, U.S. attorneys have done well in elections. Mm -hmm. Governor Chris Christie was a U.S. attorney. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Bill Weld comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Rudy Giuliani. So mm -hmm. so U.S. attorneys do do really well in, in, in elections and in state government. But um, I believe he's a part. I think he's a partner at Nixon Peabody right now, mm -hmm. which is a. Uh, conservative, more conservative law firm. But the Republicans in Boston. pursue him to try to run for something. I know I, I would you're be a Democrat. He, I know you don't care. He would I, be no. I mean, I care. Okay. It, it it has an impact on on how things look. I mean, I'd be if I. You know, it depends. You know, I th I think maybe at that juncture he didn't see an opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's difficult because he worked for Donald Trump, mm -hmm. but. Uh, I think he presented a pretty inoffensive uh, front for a lot of Democrats, and a lot of the cases that he did mm -hmm. were high-profile national cases. Oh, yeah. G Wasn't it that the case about the uh, people uh, buying their kids into college? Yep. Was, uh, you know, oh, yeah. The Harvard admissions case. Yeah, yeah they just I, actually sentenced the last person for that. To um, me, he, he, he might have been a strong candidate. I, why the Republicans didn't try to pursue him, and if they Well, because they were interested in—, in the, the, the that's part of the, the problem with the leadership, right? Mm -hmm. They were interested— in you know getting jeff deal there who had some insane rant on uh at a at a republican committee meeting um that's it's all over i think jess played it on her show saturday and yeah. and uh howie carr played it too oh yeah, yeah. Com complaining about sean dooley who's a state rep and saying thanks for your support oh you got your hack job from the government yeah it was just it, it didn't it didn't strike me as someone becoming of 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 uh, of of a statewide candidate, but they were just more interested in sort of the things that Jeff Deal was willing to say and campaign yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, when you put Welling next to Deal, I, I think Welling is far more. A hundred percent. Oh no, a hundred percent. I mean, you put Doty next to Deal too. I think yeah. it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, put, well, again, they didn't come to Doty's support. I think Doty supposedly didn't he uh, support him himself basically in that that campaign. The, yeah, but I mean, Deal didn't. I don't think Deal got a heck of a lot of money either. The, the, the problem was the the state party in general is not um, operating at a in a functional capacity, mm -hmm. so so it was difficult for them to even if they had a good candidate like legitimately coalesce around them. I think maybe a guy like Lelling, who definitely would would have been a very strong candidate yes, yes. Uh, for for governor, um, would was probably looking at that and saying no. Thanks. I don't want to get involved in that mess that's over there. Well, I know. Or I know, maybe he didn't think he could beat Maura Healy, and he wants to wait. He wants to wait it out. I know too. He went on OTR one Sunday too, and he was the uh, Republican responder to uh, uh, Marianne Marsh, I guess her name is, like that. And uh, so he was given the you know the Republican point of view. I thought maybe that was like a little, you know, dip in the water and stuff like that. Oh, he, he absolutely had to. I mean, like I said, just based on the ads he was running here on his way out were, mm -hmm. I think, very much, um, I think very much, uh, you know, looking at someone. If you're a U.S. attorney, you, you, you've got to be. I mean, that's oh, yeah, that's a yeah, political that's inherently a political job. Absolutely. You need Senate. You know, you need you need to have experience. You need to have Senate approval. Well, he so, seemed to you be know. shop. You know, every time oh, yeah. you talk to whether you agreed or disagreed with him, he seemed to be, uh, you know, yeah, he's a U.S. attorney on mock. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, Amori wasn't a bad candidate. Uh, 
you know, I, I think he just, you know, got beat up in the uh, Democratic landslide, that sort of stuff. But between Cruz, Willing, and uh, Amore, and uh, just save Doe with Doty, okay, uh, I think they had some potential candidates if the Republican Party had had their act together. You know, and it, they, they just, you know... I think I think Lelling, after seeing the way they chased Car Charlie Baker out too. I mean, if you, you see the way how they treated Charlie Baker, it's just like Charlie Baker probably runs again if if it wasn't for Jeff Deal and Jim Lyons getting behind him and all that. Yeah. I think he probably runs behind it, but but it was like beneath him to have to slog out a primary like that after basically you know him being the most popular governor yeah. in the country and and really accomplishing a lot, and he would yeah. have easily gotten reelected for a third term. Well, so I think he was pragmatic. Uh, you know, uh, Baker, you have to be. Uh, yeah. You know, because uh, you know he knew it's a it's a, it's a democratic state. If you're going to get anything done, you, you know you can't you know uh, be a, a real conservative Republican. You have to play ball and you know and you know again be uh, you know strong on uh, you know social programs yeah. and everything, but uh, tough on on spending money and things like that, which is I think normally what the Republicans from this state did. But uh, yeah, and, and Baker was able to at least like put his influence, having the veto pen and all of that, and having the executive branch. He was able to make his in, you know he was able to put in check a lot of the things, the more ambitious things that Democrats wanted to do. You yeah. think about like how they got to the $15 minimum wage. That was that grand bargain legislation that yeah. he, he had put forward. Even that, um, even the, uh, the police reform bill that, uh, that a lot of conservatives and members of the law enforcement community balked at, it would have been a lot less preferable to them if he hadn't, um, if he hadn't actually vetoed, he vetoed a few things mm -hmm. and sent the bill back with some recommendations and mm -hmm. they, they adopted by and large adopted those recommendations. So he got that, you know, I he, think, I think Charlie Baker was pragmatic as, as a, as a, you've got, I mean, like I said, you, and, and you, you, you be, have to be. be a Republican in the, in the state. You got to be pragmatic. You can't be, uh, you know, um, Trumpsville and stuff like Furthermore, that. Furthermore, the voters, uh, the, the, the base or the, the people who are, you know, they have the keys to the, the Republican Party, like Jim Lyons, were not pragmatic. Yeah. You know, so. The other thing I had to laugh, uh, they showed a picture of uh, of um, Maura Healy coming out with uh, Karen Silka, is that, is that her name? Spilka. And, uh, and Ron Mariano. And I had to laugh because they're coming out of the governor's office. And Ron Mariano was, was eating a cookie? A, an oatmeal cookie. Yeah, I saw that. It was, yeah. it was very undignified. I thought. Uh, you know? Yeah, I, I saw that. That see, was you know, funny. Put the cookie yeah. down and get it. Put it in your pocket. Get it later. Yeah, on. I remember. It was kind yeah. of comical, and uh, it was funny. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was too. You know, so uh, well. Anyway, I'm glad that you guys have. Uh, you would along with Chris and Jack Spillane, uh, especially I think with New Bedford Light, he's uh, he's helped a lot to bring to the forefront in New Bedford. Uh, uh, that uh, the spending and you know the taxes and everything—it's you, you just can't you know be as one said uh, um, send them out with a bang. <laughs> you know? well, well, frankly, I mean th what the lights doing now, and they have a city hall reporter now, and how we're, we you know we just hired a contributor to report on city hall and yeah, Standard Times has one, Adam Bass. Yeah, it, it, it's it's it was you know such a necessary thing that we yeah. all been missing for a while and it allowed the operations of government to basically go unchecked yeah yeah, yeah absolutely I, I think even without the standard times you guys have put more heat on our elected officials uh, to justify yeah. what they're doing than probably ever well, before well hey we're just talking about the things that you know are, are happening and the people can decide whether or not to to, to put the heat on them. well let's just hope the people don't fall asleep on it because in these things usually right after the election or during the election people are concerned 
Uh, but then when you get to the next November, everybody forgets. Again, you know? I, I think there's going to be some candidates. I think even the mayor himself are, 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 are going to be pretty hard on this and, and, and not let people forget. Well, to me, uh, the, uh, Chris always says I don't like the mayor, but the, the mayor's got the winning hand on this. As far Chris as says concerned. that you don't like the mayor. Yeah, Chris, Chris doesn't say I, like I Chris didn't say I don't like the mayor. No, no, just no. To, just no, to clarify I, that I, language. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's me I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and again, the, the mayor is looking uh, marish and, and good in this. Uh, he, you know, uh, he is. He's I know absolutely. he's not perfect, and Spillane says sometimes he gets on a high horse, and I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think if the mayor got off the high horse sometimes and got down more, you know, with the uh, with the average Joe, uh, I think that's how you're successful. Uh, I agree. You know, uh, you, you can't. But- you know, but but I think to be with them, not above them. I think Mitchell, the way the coverage has been moving and all of that, and the way the people have responded to some of the votes they've taken, he he's definitely looking like the good to, uh, the good guy now. So well, again, if he decides to run for mayor again, uh, he's he's certainly getting a positive push from all of this. A hundred percent. You know so. Well, all right then. Uh, keep up the good work, and uh, you know, uh, say hello to uh, Mr. McCarthy if you see him off the radio, and hope he's doing okay. And you know, have a good evening. Yeah, absolutely. Thank okay, you. Bye bye. Yeah, Chris will be back later in the week. That was a great interview with uh, um, Ted Nisi and Tim White on Newsmakers. You can check it out. I have an article written on Mitchell's comments about the pay raises, too, the more Ed pay raise amendment, so you can check that out, too. I've got to take a break. New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. You wash your hands. Take South Coast tonight with you wherever you go. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or get their podcast on the app at WBSM.com. Now back to South Coast tonight. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. So can join me. You know, speaking of Republicans, Anthony Amore and all that. Anthony Amore is actually going to be on with us Friday at 7. We're going to talk about his... Um, uh, he wrote a cool uh, op-ed in the Boston Globe, uh, you know, that Anna Walsh case, the suspected um, murder case in which uh, her husband is the primary suspect and is, uh, I think, on a significant amount of cash bail, maybe $500,000 cash bail um, for obstructing justice. Um, he was also an art fraudster. And Anthony Mori, of course, is the... Uh, director of security at the Isabella Stewart Gardner, a very cool museum in Boston. And uh, he's a world-renowned art theft and fraud investigator. So he's going to come on and talk about that component of it. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. So we're going to have him on Friday. So speaking of that, I think you're going to really enjoy that. And we're going to enjoy it too. Anthony's a really interesting guy. When we had him in studio, we had such great off and, uh, off-air and on-air conversations with him when he was running for auditor, Chris and I. And uh, looking forward to carrying that forward with you know, the, the work that he does um, now, so I'm gonna take a break. We'll be right back. The WBSM app is ever. Marcus Farrow, uh, thanks for joining me this evening. Had a lot of fun. Thanks to Register Tom Hoy uh, for telling us about the uh, e-filing that's available. You can go to the Bristol County Pro, uh, Register of Probates uh, site to e-file court documents. I think that's a great service. One that was not available when I was uh, practicing in that realm, um, but I'm glad it is now. Uh, and I'm also glad they have the attorney window. I swear to God, when I was practicing, Bristol County was the only place that had the attorney window, which is important because we're there. We typically are moving a lot more efficient than the people that are there pro se. And we have, you know, we have business there. We're 
you know, billable hours and all that. We have work to do. And so they made that uh, window for us to make it quick and easy, not just for us, but for other people, um, you know, to do their work. Uh, you know, the people that are there pro se are just doing something else on their own time. Uh, you know, they have that attorney window. I remember when I went to another court system up near Boston and I was like, oh, I'm an attorney. They're like, yeah, that's nice. Pick a number. <laughs> <laughs> go wait and then i had to wait however many uh you know it's just an, it was just an incredible pain so they do a really good job at bristol county so if you ever have to probate a will or modify a custody agreement or you know do some of those more unfortunate things or you know um adopts uh, adopt a child I, I think that uh bristol county is, is definitely on the cutting edge of a lot of that stuff so um thanks to register hoy for for joining me uh for that uh for that segment and We'll have a lot more fun this week uh, as well. This was a good show. We'll have a, a lot more fun this week uh, with some of the guests that we have planned. And uh, uh, I hope I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for calling in. This is uh, this is South Coast tonight. I I've been um, I've been Marcus. So thank you very much. See ya.